Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report, um, episode number 14, February 20th, 2019. Once again, um, podcasting from Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn. Today, uh, for the second episode in a row, I'm recording in a new spot. Um, still my apartment, but a different spot in the apartment. Last time I recorded sitting at the uh, sitting on a bar stool at our kitchen counter, and I thought that was really physically comfortable. And I was doing it at a normal time because I had the place to myself around 7 p.m. This time I'm up um, doing this at about 7:13 in the morning. Uh, I woke up earlier, which is my normal wake up time. And as school is out of session this week. I don't have our the normal routine of like making sure Oliver is awake. So, um, and then we're out the door usually at eight ten. He likes to sleep in, so he will hopefully sleep in for quite a while longer right now. So I have time to do this. So now I am sitting at um, my favorite chair by the window in our apartment, um, just relaxed, reclining, and holding the microphone in my hand. Um, so this is nice, too. This beats the old way where I was always sitting sort of like on the floor, which became physically uncomfortable after a little while. Anyway, so um, been about a, two weeks since the last episode. A lot has happened since then. Um, just a bunch of little life events. There was a big day on February 13th, um, Wednesday. There's like uh, many old episodes of MASH where the characters will write letters to home. And uh, there's like a voiceover narration throughout the episode describing the events that the character is writing in the letter. And one of the episodes I remember is called A Full Rich Day. And the whole episode is basically one day at, at the camp where a lot of different stuff happens. And I feel like that happened to me last Wednesday. It was a full rich day. Started off normally heading off to school and when we when Oliver and I arrived at school we saw there was a lot of hubbub and fire trucks um, with silent lights going outside and turns out there was some sort of smoke condition it later turned out to be um, due to a possible I guess a very small electrical fire in the library but there was a smoke condition so the entire school was evacuated uh, which the evacuation had begun about 20 minutes before we got there so everyone had to go up the street, and the entire school evac'd out to use another master. We bugged out. Um, we we bugged out to PS58 up the street. Um, so Union and President Street and Smith Street was just like this long caravan of of kids and parents and teachers, and um, just walking up Smith Street, walking up Union Street. Um, and it was pretty funny. So walked Oliver into PS58. I saw some kids and fellow parents from the neighborhood that I don't usually see because they're actually PS58 parents. Said hello. Dropped Oliver off in their auditorium. And they watched a movie or cartoons, like Tom and Jerry cartoons. And then according to social media, I learned that about two hours later, they were allowed back into the school. So then they presumably did another walking caravan back to back to school. So that was part one of that day. Part two was 
It was the first day in our new offices for our team at Decider. We no longer work on the New York Post newsroom floor at 1211 6th Avenue. We work, we moved across the street to the more corporate marketing um, business offices floor at 1185 Um much, much nicer offices, much nicer building. Um, the floor is brighter, airier, sunnier. Um, the quote-unquote cubicles are a little more old school in the sense that you really have your own defined personal space as opposed to working, um, sitting at a long, very long desk with amb- ambiguous division of personal space and um, certainly no sort of sense of your own personal like privacy. So this is nicer and uh, the views are amazing. We face, we're on the 23rd floor facing north, um, sort of at the edge of the building. So we can see up 6th Avenue all the way to the park. And since, since the park is there, we can see all the way up into um, to 110th Street into Harlem and beyond. Um, I feel like I hear Oliver stirring in his room. So this may require a break at some point. Anyway, so the new offices were great. I'm a big believer in change, um, like little changes like this. I think they're refreshing to the mind and spirit and soul. Um, You get into a mental rut, whether you know it or not, doing the same thing over and over. And just slightly changing up your routine and changing up what your mind is processing, both consciously and subconsciously throughout the day, I think is a healthy thing. I think it's a refreshing and rejuvenating thing. And I certainly feel rejuvenated at a new desk. Um, I personally am quite happy about it. Um, So that was the second part of the day. Third part of the day was getting a dreaded call and text from my sister, my dad, who has had, you know, health issues for the, over the past year, had another minor health scare. He went to the ER. Um, This has become sadly minorly common over the past year. Uh, but it turns out a few hours later, it was all good. It was just a scare. Um, he had had a visiting nurse come and take his vitals and said, oh, you should maybe go right now to the ER to check out this one thing. They thought they heard something in his when he was coughing, and turns out it was nothing. But for four hours, didn't know it was nothing. So there was that. And then, uh, thankfully, that was sorted out and settled and resolved by the time I went to my monthly Grateful Dead DJ night at Three's Brewing. Got to hang out with Scott Devendorf, my co-DJ. Bradley, sadly, couldn't make it um, last week. But um, it was Scott and me, and the regulars came, Pete, Howard. Um, some of the regulars were missing, but that is fine. That happens. And... Uh, by complete chance, my my old touring pal Dan from the Oxford Collapse, great sub pop band, um, happened to be at Threes. He just moved to Park Slope nearby, and he was reading the Neil Young biography Shaky by himself. I saw him walk by, and I stopped him, and he ended up hanging out with us for the evening. And we were just talking, catching up, and great, great to talk to him. Taka Taka back in the day used to play. We played some really fun shows with Oxford Claps, um, including one of my favorite Taka shows ever, which was June 30th, my birthday, 19, or 2008 at the Black Cat in Washington, D.C. It was, it was us and Oxford Claps and Frightened Rabbit, and what a great, sweaty, awesome show. That was in the, the little venue downstairs at the Black Cat, if you've ever been to the Black Cat. 
Um, it's like the Mercury Lounge size place, and it was so small and great. And yeah, what a great what a great day that was. Um, Frightened Rabbit were incredible, of course. Um, R.I.P. Scott from Frightened Rabbit. So that was the full rich day of uh, December thirteenth or February thirteenth. Um, let's see. So, other than that, spent a lot of time with Oliver as always. Um, but we uh, the latest like trends with our hanging out here at home is I've gotten him into the game Trouble. You know that's the game where it's sort of like sorry, you move pegs around the board and you. It has that pop-o-matic pop dice pop bubble in the middle. Very loud. You press it, you pop up, and it pops the dice. Anyway, I'm addicted. So is he. We play all the time, and um, that's come to define our <laughs> our days. And it's actually teaches him some good lessons in the sense that, like, in terms of good sportsmanship, because when you land on a peg, you can send that player back to the beginning, to the home base, and he got really frustrated for a long time about being sent back. Of course, he took great delight in sending me back. Um, but anyway, his sportsmanship has gotten a lot better, which is great. Um, and about a week ago, he used this phrase. I don't know where he learned it. I mean, obviously, he learns it at school. If if we don't see him picking it up here, either via us or you know some of the kids' shows he watches on TV or something, but... Anyway, like I said, in trouble, if you land on a player's peg, you can send that peg all the way back to the home and they have to start over, and it's very frustrating. So anyway, when you're like, when he was about to roll or pop the, pop the dice bubble, he looked at me and he said, I'm going to send you back, old man. I was like, what? <laughs> Where'd you learn that? It was like, it sounded like a little, I don't know, like a, like a movie, but anyway... Um, he's gotten pretty good. I mean, a lot of trouble. There's a certain amount of strategy to it, but it also is up to chance. Anyway, it's like it's about fifty-fifty now who wins the games between that we play. So he's gotten pretty good. Um, let's see. Saturday, he and I went on the ferry uh, for the first time in a few months. We don't usually go on the ferry in the winter because it's so cold. And yeah, I think I'm going to wait till it's warmer to go back on the ferry because. I wouldn't mind in the winter if he was okay sitting inside on the on the lower level of the ferry, but he insists on going to the top. So, of course, it's like absolutely freezing, and you're on this boat out in the middle of the river and the harbor, and the wind is blowing, and he just wants to be out there, and he refuses to wear gloves, and oh, man. But anyway, we were out there for a few hours. Like um, When you're taking all the transfer times and... We went all the way up to uh, the East 34th Street stop on the East River Line, and then we took the Astoria Line back downtown, um, which is a nonstop from East 34th Street to Pier Street, Pier 11 Wall Street, and then from there you have to wait on transfer back to Dumbo, and then we went to we finally ended our trip at Pier Six. We always start at Dumbo usually, um, so then we ended up at Pier Six, Atlantic Avenue, and basically ran back to Court Street because he was hungry and had to pee. So it was like one of those things, and it was freezing. So it was one of those events where you just kind of like follow this kid and you end up literally running in your street clothes for 10 minutes, but it was fun and it warmed me up. And we got to the restaurant to have pizza at our usual spot much faster. 
Um, let's see. The other things we did besides hanging out with our family, uh, my brother-in-law had his family in town, so we did a lot of hanging with them, including a big dinner out for 13 in the neighborhood, which was always fun. Um, on President's Day, when we had the day off, Oliver and I walked to Whole Foods and Gowanus. He loves Whole Foods, um, be- not because of the food or not anything. I like it because they have Grater's ice cream, but... Um, he loves the roof and he loves the um, solar panels and the turbines, the wind turbine things in the parking lot. Um, so we always go up to the roof of Whole Foods and we simply look at the view and we look at the turbines and he he likes to take video and photos of it on my phone, which he likes to do anyway. Um, he likes to document stuff. He's like me. Takes a lot of photos and video. Um, and then we walk back. Uh, had a nice lunch. Uh oh, here he comes. Take a break. Okay, I'm back. So basically, what happened was Oliver woke up, ran kind of semi asleep, semi crying into our room. And so I've picked up from my favorite chair, which happens to be right by the room, and I've moved over to the couch. Um, so if you hear any screaming sounds, pay no attention to it. So hopefully, he's fallen back asleep. Anyway. Um, I can't remember where I was and I didn't, I forgot to go back and listen. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, let's see on Saturday night of President's Day weekend, I went to see Beirut at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. They're back with a new album and a new tour. This was their third Brooklyn show in a week. They opened their tour with two shows at Brooklyn Steel. I think they went to like DC, Boston, Philly, and then came back and played Music Hall Williamsburg. They're old friends of mine, and it was great to see them and great to see some other old friends there. Ben and Kyle, who play uh, trombone and trumpet in Beirut, they're also the touring mem- longtime touring members of the National, and even played with my old band Taka Taka way back in the day. Um, and I've played with Ben Lands quite a bit, so it was great to see them. The whole band is great. I like Aaron Arntz um, on their on keyboards. Um, played with him on Colbert. He played keyboards with with us in the National on Morning Dew. And um, Nick Petrie, I love playing. I love watching him play drums. I love his little syncopations. Lots of just ruckus, little like snare rolls and buzzes. Um, and Paul Collins on bass, just great musician. Uh, a Jackson Heights-based musician, um, but his studio's in Williamsburg, actually. Um, so that was a great night. Went with Gabe, um, my my friend and old Taka bandmate. Uh, we He has a solo project, Gabriel and the Hounds, that I had some stuff to do with, and we toured like in, in the UK a few years ago, and we also did a few Southern shows opening for Beirut back on, I can't remember what album for them, it would be The Riptide, maybe? Um... But, uh, yeah, we played, I remember, in Richmond and, and at the Variety Playhouse in Atlanta. And those were just such small, great little shows. I mean, I don't know, I, small, I wouldn't say. They were, like, big sold-out shows. But it's just a fun little team. Like, you know, they have a tight-knit little band, and it was just Gabe and me. And we drove in his Subaru Forester, which he still has. And um, that was, like, one of the more pleasant little tours I ha- I've ever been on with the exception of the fact that I got sick by the end of the week, which turned out to be shingles, which is crazy. This is all coming back to me now, the shingles thing. And then when we got back from that tour, I actually auditioned to be Sharon Bennett's drummer, and I didn't get the gig, though I was happy with how I played in the audition, considering 
um, I had shingles. And I remember there was a freak snowstorm that day in New York, too. Um, anyway, so it was good to see the Beirut people again. And they, of course, sound as great as they always do. Um, so I hope this touring cycle and album cycle does well for them. So in terms of what, I, what else I've been listening to music-wise, uh, let's see, I listened to Disintegration by The Cure because I heard they're going to be playing it in full um, in Europe somewhere this summer, so I decided to listen to it. And, um, I mean, it's it's great. <laughs> I just I hadn't listened to it in ages, but, um, yeah, I mean, what a, what a really monumental record. I remember when it came out, it got such good reviews, and I didn't listen to it in full forever because back then... If you didn't buy it or if you didn't know someone who had it, you didn't hear something. But I never got around to it. I knew all the singles, of course. But in the intervening years, I, of course, listened to it. It's it's really great. I was always a Smiths person in the Smiths versus Cure battles. But, geez, like, the Smiths were such a contained little, like, period, like, four or five years and four studio records and a bunch of great singles. The Cure are just this long-running, mammoth, behemoth, beautiful thing. And there's such different things when you look at their careers that way. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to like like The Cure more. And I also, I'm not like an expert in their body of, of recordings and albums, so I feel like I, should, I could have fun really diving into some of their older stuff too, like The Head on the Door and all that. Also, I've been listening to a lot of Summer Teeth by Wilco, their 1999 record, because I finished the Jeff Tweedy book, which, spoiler alert, I hadn't gotten to the books yet, but yeah, I, f- I finished Jeff Tweedy. And um, yeah, Summer Teeth, such a great little record. Um, sort of their pop record when Jay Bennett was still in the band. Um, I didn't realize how tough of a record that was to make for Jeff and for his wife to listen to, because it deals with a lot, of, it has a lot of weird lyrics on it. Um, and I guess he was sort of... Um, you know, kind of like a, dealing with issues and like not really fully there in his marriage and um, also, you know, writing about odd issues which weren't autobiographical but I think tough for any partner to hear. So it reminded me of seeing Wilco at Irving Plaza on that tour. It was April 20th, 1999 and I remember because it was the day of Columbine and uh Remember, I went down after work to to meet my friends Carl and Pat, who I've seen about five million shows with in New York over the years, and we met as we used to do for Irving Plaza shows at Pete's Tavern, and we were at the bar drinking beers, and they have the TVs up on the screen, and it, they were showing it was all the Columbine coverage, which was kind of crazy. It seemed so it seemed so weird and unusual back then, and unfortunately, like that type of event has become very normal, and also the coverage of that type of event just like nonstop on TVs everywhere you go, just like just not not providing any peace in, in our shared public environment. That seems also rather prescient. Um, and what else have I listened to this week? I keep meaning to listen to Bob Mould, which is getting rave reviews. Um, I haven't done that yet. I will. <clears throat> but like I said, I was listening to a lot of Wilco, The Cure, and then... Um, and then I listened to some Jules Shear, who's a songwriter I come around to every once in a while, or go back to listening to once in a while, I should say. New York-based songwriter, um, kind of best known for coming out of the Suzanne Vega sort of like, well, not Suzanne Vega, not not that singer-songwritery, but producer-songwriter, kind of 80s, 
um, sounding guy, his 80s stuff at least. Um, but he wrote If She Knew What She Wants, which the Bengals covered. And he wrote All Through the Night, which Cindy Lauper covered on She's So Unusual. I think the covers are both better, especially All Through the Night. But um, Jules Shear's versions are really good. And, and If She Knew What She Wants is basically like a guy singing it and a little more less swinging um the bangles swing it a little better but um jules Shear version is really great too um just that beat gorgeous 80s like synth sound just like that i guess it's a yamaha dx7 um that that classic patch sound anyway and then of course uh that led me to suzanne vega who i like to listen to every once in a while because i really like suzanne vega I like her new stuff, her old stuff, which I listen to, you know, I've listened to it for decades, but it'll also lead me to just simply randomly listen to one of her more recent records, which she's never stopped releasing new, new, new albums. And they're always good. You just put on any random latter era Suzanne Vega record and it's fantastic. So that's something I would recommend. Um, books, going to end the episode with books this time. I finished Against Everything Finally by Mark Grief. Um, I highly recommend it if you're looking for a book of essays, which periodically I like to read. Um, again, it was a 2016 release of a lot of essays he's written for the past 15 years. He's a founder and editor of N Plus One. These essays mostly appeared in N Plus One, sometimes in like The New Yorker or New York Magazine and or The Guardian or something like that. And he wrote up-to-date sort of addendums to each essay when when justified um, so I recommend that. And speaking of essays, I will probably very soon buy, finally buy that Martin Amos book, The Rub of Time collection. Um, I thumbed through it the other day at the bookstore. It seems rather dense. I'm not sure I want to like go start to finish on another dense book of essays, but so maybe I'll skip around. I also finished the Jeff Tweedy book, which I'd been reading in bed at night. Um, so not really reading fast because I was focusing on the Mark Grief book, but, um, once I finished Grief, I ended up taking Jeff Tweedy on the subway with me for two days, and that was all that was needed to um, to um, finish that one. And it's really good. It's a very quick read. It's about 280 pages of large, large font size on small pages, and it just reads like a breeze. He's very funny, and um, he doesn't shy away from a lot of things. Um, there's some cute elements in the book where he sort of in real time interviews his family members about what he's going to include in that chapter about their personal stuff. Um, and it got me to go listen to, um, well, like I said, mostly Summer Teeth. I don't know why that album was the one that jumped out of me while reading this book because being there was the first one I really listened to. Um, I listened to it constantly in my old, very, my very, my old 112th and Broadway apartment. Um, but Summer Teeth really clicked with me. And Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, I like too, but it didn't hit me as quickly as it did for other people. And it's because even though they put it online famously when they were between record deals, internet speed was such that it took a while for it to sort of download. And I remember I always just would prefer to listen to some sort of something else or a CD or something. But I remember the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot like landing page. Um... But, you know, yeah, just, you know, it was less the loading speed now, if I recall. It was like sonically, it was, I don't know. I just remember thinking like, oh, I'll get around to it when it's officially released, which I did, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, 
two interesting things yesterday on the subway on the on the on the way into work there was a lady probably put her in her 60s reading the Jeff Tweedy book which was cool she was like almost done with it and then on the way home last night um the guy next to me who was probably 50 something suit wearing midtown dude um was reading also near the end he was reading Death's End by Sixin Liu which was the third and final um, book in the Three Body Problem trilogy, which I spoke a lot about in the fall. So that was exciting to see. I wanted to, for both of them, I wanted to be like, yeah, awesome book. But the opportunity didn't present itself to non-awkwardly do that. So yesterday I, f- I started the final Kingsley Amos book I've had on my shelf forever. Well, actually, these there's two left that I haven't read. I have a whole shelf full of Kingsley Amos books who's, who I love. I've probably read about eight Kingsley Amos books. And that means I have like probably 15 more to go in terms of like fiction, nonfiction. But there's two books left I have not read. One of them is Girl 20, Girl, 20. His 1970 book, I think it is, 1971. Um, I'm 20 pages in. It's already screamingly funny. I literally laughed out loud on the subway. Um, it's odd. He's like, He's actually kind of progressive um, in his politics, but except for there's some pretty problematic um, phrasing in terms of just um, uh, the the way that a character will deal with a woman, um, which I have to just put out of my mind and and know that it was a different era, and you know know that there's no way he would get away with writing that now. Um, or there's no way his characters would get away with thinking like that. Real, it's realistic to think they wouldn't even think like that. But, but still, um, yeah, the Kingsley Amos books are so funny. His dialogue is so funny, and the way he creates these characters, and he'll like build up a character, you know them, and then two pages later, a third character will come in and make the slightest insult to the first character, and it's ah, brilliant, so brilliant. Um. Like I said, it's I literally laugh out loud funny. It's great to be reading this 50-year-old book and be laughing so hard. Um, so that's it. I guess um can wrap things up. We're under 27 minutes here, just about um, expecting three inches of snow again later today. That's going to turn into rain. I wish we would just have a nice big snowstorm, which we haven't had except for that freak snowstorm in November. Would just love a 14-inch snow day Long that's predicted in the forecast for days ahead of time. Comes on, say, a Friday. Everyone works from home. It's just like a nice, good mood-building, minor, no-trouble event. But alas, we're going to have three inches of snow throughout the day that's going to turn into rain and ice for the evening commute. Blah. Anyway, that's it for the Conrad Life Report finishing this episode from the couch um february 20th 2019 see you all next time